Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Antonio Mayo. I'm Sarah Hazi. And I am Mike Mandarani. And uh, we're very happy to be coming back to you again today. Today, we've got an interesting topic we want to talk about. We want to talk about Microsoft Syntex SharePoint Advanced Management. Um, so this is an interesting, I'll say, collection of features that have been um, released just recently. We've heard a lot about it recently, especially if you were at the Microsoft 365 conference last week. Microsoft had a number of sessions on it. Uh, and really, it's a collection of features that uh, are focused on two things on helping you govern your SharePoint and OneDrive sites better and helping you to enable secure collaboration across your SharePoint sites. So um, Sarah, Mike, maybe we'll start off with asking you guys what you guys think about these features or what you've seen so far. I'm really excited about them. Uh, the one thing I want to do is um, with a name like Microsoft Syntax SharePoint Advanced Management, I feel like we have to use something shorter. So I, I think we're going to call it SAM, the acronym SAM for short. I think it's in, I think it's a, an incredibly strong set of features, especially around that secure collaboration. Um, and when I think about it, I think about it in terms of our most sensitive data types, whether we're talking about personal information, PCI data, uh, or payment card information data, things like that. I think that it what it offers is an incredible set of capabilities to be able to structure and secure your content. And I know we're going to talk about some of those, uh, but it comes at a at a cost, as does everything. So I think we're going to talk about licensing as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it because uh, previously, and we'll talk about the details. Uh, we'd have to do a lot of reports, uh, create some PowerShell or using third-party tools to kind of identify some of these security holes that a tenant has from an oversharing perspective. Uh, and then we'll have to go through it and look at where the actual oversharing is and do some comparison. So it was a quite a bit of manual work to find out if, if a company has met some of the compliance from a sharing perspective. So uh, yes, it is a lot of nice set of features. Yeah. So uh, very conveniently, Microsoft, when you, so first of all, I, I like call the acronym SAM. I think it's very appropriate mm -hmm. for it. I think we've heard some Microsoft people call it that. So I think we're going to call it SAM going forward, uh, at least on this podcast. Um, and when you enable a license for Microsoft Syntex SharePoint Advanced Management, or SAM, um, you actually get this really convenient page in the SharePoint Admin Center that actually lists all of the capabilities. So I think we wanted to show that. I'm just going to share that on my screen, and we'll kind of use that as a way to talk about the features. So are you guys able to see that? Yep, yes. It is up there. Great, great. Uh, so Sarah, you mentioned the license for this. So this is yeah. a per user license, is it not? It is. It's a uh, in the list price, at least as of when we recorded this, I believe is three dollars per user per month. Uh, and it's an add on SKU, meaning that you have to license. Guess what? Every user in your tenant, every one of those users also has to have a SharePoint license or an enterprise license of some kind. And this is an add on on top of that. And yes, you have to license everyone because it's protection controls. You can't just license the admins or the people who are controlling it. So it's, in a word, expensive. Yeah, and what happens if if you run out of license and you're SharePoint licensed, but not 
SAM licensed, what happens? Like, would the feature stop because you're one one person that joined the organization is not licensed? I think if you're in an enterprise agreement with Microsoft, we call it the um, wonder of the true up. The true, okay. That's okay, right. so true up so still applies here. True up process. That, that's good. Likely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the way the features are built, I doubt highly that suddenly a feature will stop working or stop working for a particular set of users that don't have a license yet. I think it is more about um, you are obligated in your license to get one for each user. And if you don't, at the end of the year, they will true up that. That, that's that's better, but I yeah. do really like this screen here on this on the, the, the yeah. that you're sharing, especially when it shows the location because it tells you where you can go and do things. And this is that's not right. we don't see that kind of screens in different admin centers. Exactly, this showed up when we added that Microsoft Syntex Dash SharePoint Advanced Management license to the tenant. Um, this advanced management menu showed up, and really this is just a convenient place to learn about and, like you said, Mike, find out where you go to actually configure those features. So really it's an informational screen. And before we features. before we dive into the features, I do think it's important to talk about roles and responsibilities. It does show up in the SharePoint Admin Center. Um, you have to be a SharePoint admin to be able to configure these options. So for some organizations, this might lead to some interesting dialogues about who should proctor, who should own, who should be um, hands-on keyboard, if you will, to configure SAM. And because it's in the SharePoint Admin Center, that could lead you down a different path than other security and compliance features, for example, that have their own admin center. Correct, correct. You do have to be a SharePoint Admin uh, to configure these features. And they're configured either through the GUI here in the SharePoint Admin Center. Some are configured through a couple of Azure AD features but also some of them are only configured through PowerShell. And you can kind of get an indication of that here where you see kind of the location where it's configured. Microsoft PowerShell, Microsoft PowerShell, for example. Okay. Um, so should we go through the features? Yes. Yeah. All right, so we've got our first one here, block download policy for SharePoint and OneDrive. So anyone familiar with this feature? Oh, I'm really excited about it. Um, I think especially when you're dealing with either individual files or document libraries or entire SharePoint online sites that have uh, these highly sensitive content and information types or OneDrives, um, the ability to actually be able to block download by policy is huge. And I know, Antonio, we were talking about right before we went live that it also comes with some really robust configuration options to maybe even do exclusions on the block. Download. That's right. So this is a really interesting feature where um, you configure it through PowerShell. You basically turn on a block for certain SharePoint sites, but then you got a couple of parameters where you can, for example, exclude the site owners from the block download feature, or you can exclude users in a certain um, group, security group from the block download feature. Um, and now just released, and I think this is still in preview, you can exclude team meeting recordings from the block download feature, meaning you're still able to download those or you you block the download only of those. Um, I think that's that second one is more the, the scenario that they're aiming for. Um, yeah. And, go ahead, Mike. No, I was gonna, gonna say that I like this one because previously before this feature, would have to deploy sensitivity labels with encryptions. Yep. Uh, which we typically don't like to do that for this specific reason, because you're encrypting the file. And there's a, there's a, 
a certificate has been installed, then you're going to have to go through specific set of restrictions and downloads and permissions, which is a really, really nice and easy way to do it mm-hmm. instead. Right. I, th- I think the, the ease of use of this one's important. Um, like you said, Mike, previously you would do this through sensitivity labels. And, you know, when you apply sensitivity labels to sites, one of the features you can enable there is block download um, right. from the site. But that blocked everything. So, Sarah, to exactly. your point, some of those those extra parameters let you be a little bit more specific, which is really nice. Um, and that team's meeting recording the parameter that you use with the PowerShell, it's actually just called, I think it's file type or something similar to that. So it does sound like they're going to expand it to other file types, but I'm making a few assumptions there. But it seems ready for that, where you can, like on a file type by file type basis, well, allow the download of this, but don't allow the download of other stuff. Well, and one other thing about, I think a key differentiator for Sam, and I'm going to be Antonio interested to see what you think, but there is um, overlap between some of the things that Sam can do and some other controls that we have. However, Mm -hmm. I think for especially the value add for the investment in Sam is the ability to manage these in a more central location that maybe our SharePoint admins can do and invoke. uh, And it doesn't um, quite simply more direct, a more direct path to implement some of these controls. I completely agree. I think that it, there's definitely value to that to be able to directly implement these on SharePoint sites, because like we said, you could do this through sensitivity labels as well. But the map, that's a much bigger lift for an organization to roll out sensitivity labels for sites. Right. Sarah, as you and I have talked about, rolling out sensitivity labels require meaningful change management. And that's not yes. to say that this doesn't require some communication and change management, but it's a much easier deployment to turn this on through PowerShell. Yes. And have to come up with sensitive labels for your organization and, you know, train everyone on it and then roll it out. So, yes. yeah, I, I think there's definitely value in the directness of this and being able to do this specifically in SharePoint. Should we go to the next one? Mm-hmm. Let's get on the list. All right. So change history. So this is about your SharePoint admins being able yes. to see what are the last actions that they performed in the admin center. And uh, you access it through the admin center, and there are um, two different outcomes depending on what license you have. So if you do not have a SAM license, this feature is still enabled, and a SharePoint admin can see what are the last actions that I performed in this session. And then when you close your browser, um, that cache disappears, right? And it basically starts over the next time the SharePoint admin logs in. But if you have a SAM license, those uh, actions are recorded for the last 30 days. So a SharePoint admin can go in and see, okay, what are the last actions I performed in the admin center in the last 30 days? And I'm assuming that you could do something with that data to be able to store it as evidence later per your control requirements. Right, right. I haven't seen where you go to export. I do believe there's an export to CSV for it, but I just, I I can't remember for sure. Yeah, that is one actually. I was reading about it, yeah. And I so need this one today because especially when, when you have multiple admins uh, and someone from security comes to you and say, hey, what happened to the speech feature? How come it has been changed? And it's like, I don't know what who changed it and why it was changed and what was the track record, even though you might have them enabled, you have proper RFC changes, but sometimes things slip and then you can go back there and then check who did that and why and when it happened. 
Yes. Okay, next one. Conditional access policies for SharePoint and OneDrive. Does anybody want to talk about this one? It makes me so excited. Mm. Um, I'm literally ecstatic, ecstatic about this one. So being able to obviously we have a variety of conditional access means and controls available to us um, in Microsoft 365. But what I love about this one is if you do have those sensitivity labels, right, or you mm -hmm. can identify those sensitive sites, your most sensitive sites, the ability to deploy these conditional access policies and uh, MFA based on those sensitivity labels is huge. Yeah, and the ability to define also multiple sites as well with the same conditional access policy, which is really, really good. And you don't have to deploy yeah. this one to everyone and you have a generic one. So this is very specific, which yeah. is awesome. And this was actually really easy to configure. There's kind of three steps to it. You go to Azure AD and you configure a um, authentication context. And that is just a name. You just say, right. I don't know, my sensitive sites. That's that's the name of your authentication context. So there's nothing else to it. Then you configure a conditional access policy that says, you know, check these conditions and either grant or block access when the site has this authentication context. That's step two. And then step three here is um, you've got two options. One is use PowerShell to assign that authentication context to a set of SharePoint right. sites. And then those SharePoint sites are subject to that conditional access policy because it's that authentication context that's connecting you know, those sites to that conditional access policy. Um, or you can use sensitivity labels on sites and connect them to the mm -hmm. same conditional access policy. So you have those two options in step three. And, and with, like, what I really love about this is it allows you to be really specific with certain sites. So if yes. you've got like super sensitive sites, when a user goes to access them, it specifically goes to that conditional access policy and yes. evaluates that. It's a dream. I, and I think you don't need an if, if you have Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, we're going back to licensing. I don't know. I don't think you need an E5 anymore. You might be able to go get away with E3 with Sam. That's exactly right. So you've mm -hmm. got those two options from a license perspective. You can either do right. this with E5 licenses if you already have them. Right. Or you can do this with, um, you know, E3 plus a Sam license. Right. Exactly. Data access governance reports. Yes, I love that. This is what I was referring to before, that you can have a report of all the oversharing that you've done on the sites, on the number of sites that you're not supposed to, which makes life much, much easier to identify where users have shared or overshared content. They're not supposed yes. to share them externally or internally. And I think that in the in the inverse of that, being able to have reporting that clearly shows that oversharing also leads to the ability to have evidence, um, especially if you're in a regulated industry, to prove out mm -hmm. where you don't have oversharing taken place. And in many cases, it can be harder to prove what you don't have than what you do have. So I think that there's value in both directions. Yes. Correct. There are. It's important though to note there are some limitations on these reports. So. There's two kinds of reports. One is around sharing links, um, and there's three different reports there. There's the anyone links, the people in your organization's links, and the specific people links. And each of those three reports will only report the um, 100 sites that have the top number of those links. So it doesn't report it across all of your sites. Yeah. 
And then the second kind of report you have is um, sensitivity labels. So that will iterate through your sites and find all documents um, with specific sensitivity labels. And you when you configure the report, you include you select which sensitivity labels you want it to look for. And that only reports back your top 10,000 sites. Um, if you have more than 10,000 sites, well, it's going to end there. You can only that's see right. up to 10,000 sites. So, and, and that's done intentionally because, um, and we'll talk about this on another podcast episode. If you've got a really large number of sites and you're trying to get this data across all of your sites, that really becomes a big data problem. Um, and these reports, I think, are meant to be more efficient and timely. So to give you timely reports that you're not waiting a week to output. For yeah, example. exactly. And also to add to that limitation that that 100 sites, I think, uh, for all the links have been shared for the past 30 days. So if a link has been right. shared over 30 days ago, <clears throat> then it won't show up in the report. That's correct. That's yes. Correct. So make sure that within your governance policies, if you need to actually have evidence going back more than 30 days, um, that uh, you build a plan for that and determine uh, what you then need to do to capture those results going back more than 30 days. So you have that trace. Absolutely. That's a great point, Sarah. You could run this report, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, once every 30 days and try to, you know, kind of establish the right cadence to capture all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and oh, one other limitation on this one, you can only run the reports once every 24 hours. That's another important aspect of it. Yes, that is correct. Mm -hmm. uh, next one, there was a lot of hubbub uh, on social media about the licensing around this one, but Microsoft did clarify it a couple of weeks ago. So default sensitivity labels on document libraries. So anything anyone wants to say about this one? I think that you should share the hubbub. Oh, sure, the hubbub. Okay. So originally <laughs> when this was published, so so this feature is to um, enable people to select a default sensitivity label for a document library in SharePoint. So then any document you upload to that library or create within that library automatically gets that sensitivity label. So from a bulk classification perspective, this is a dream, right? This is yes. it's, mm -hmm. a great feature. Um, it's important to note it only applies a sensitivity label when you upload or when you create or when you edit a document. So if you already have documents in that library, it does not apply the label to those documents in bulk. Also, it will only change the label on a document if the label, the default, is a um, higher priority than the label already on the document. So if you already have a document in there with a, uh, you know, you upload a document with a higher priority label, it will not get changed to the default. So we now, the to talk about change management and user adoption around sensitivity labels. And I know you and I, we've talked about that many times on this podcast yep. and otherwise, but it's, it's um, what a golden opportunity for user adoption change agents like myself to cover all of these yep. ifs and whens. Absolutely. And this, I think, also becomes an important part of your information architecture, where you're defining that across a number of sites, defining, okay, is this library going to have a default sensitivity label? What's it going to be? What's the impact to the user? Communicating that effectively, training users effectively on it. And that, that all becomes part of that, that change management exercise for those champions. Um, now, the hubbub on social media was when this was announced, it looked like you had to have a SAM license to use this feature. Um, and uh, Microsoft clarified that, in fact, this is available to you if you have a SAM license or, or if you E5. have an E5 license. Correct. Well. 
Correct. And if you have an E5 license, it's actually been out there for some time. I don't Correct. remember exactly when, but I, I know that I saw it, I want to say a few months ago. Um, if you have an E5 license, this will not be net new news, but it can be confusing. So that's why I'm glad that we covered it, because some of the people with E5 licenses might be like, why is this new now? It's that's really right. E5 it or SAM. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, all right, next one, OneDrive access restrictions. We'd like to talk about this one. It is a pretty cool feature that you uh, you would be able to block uh, or allow a specific group of users to access your OneDrive, even though if you have shared, let's say you've shared a document or a folder with people or other uh, number of people. And if that user, a specific user, is not part of a group, then that user still don't have access to your OneDrive, even though if that user has been shared that document with with that person, or if your OneDrive has access to your OneDrive uh, to SharePoint license. Um, so yes, it is it is a way to kind of block or allow a specific group of people to access OneDrive. Correct. You essentially configure a group and you have to be in that group to access OneDrive. So even if you're a, a licensed for OneDrive right. and you're not part of that group, you can't access your OneDrive. Or if you shared stuff out previously from your OneDrive and you're suddenly not part of that group, um, people who were accessing that content won't be able to access it anymore. Uh, it sounds like this could be very helpful for if you are an organization in a regulated industry and you have subsets of your users that need to have even more restrictive access. You could use this to be able to set appropriate controls for those users. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Now the recent actions feature, who knows about that? Because that sounds very similar to the change history. It um, does. Might have mixed that up. Isn't it just related to what you've done before as it describes it there? It's not yes. like a report for all the actions that happen by all the admins. Correct. Correct. This is just your own actions right. as the admin. Yeah, okay. It's pretty cool. Pretty good as well. It's like a track mm -hmm. history of your things that you've done right or wrong. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then site access restrictions. So I like this one. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There are times where uh, the myriad of options and methodologies that we have to be able to grant access to a SharePoint site, whether that's using an M365 group, an Active Directory group, direct SharePoint permissions, can cause a governance mm, issue um, with being able to actively control that, especially for sites that contain very sensitive content. So I love the fact that this is really the control that enables you for, let's say, a subset of sites. Um, or your most sensitive sites to be able to say, yep, the only path to getting access to this site is to actually go through, um, I believe, something as controlled as a Microsoft 365 group, which then you could add additional rigor to from a governance and a safeguard check perspective organizationally. Yep, that's perfect. I love this feature because I can yes. instantly turn off all access to a SharePoint site except for the people that are part of the Microsoft 365 group connected to it. Um, and to be specific, that means that even if Let's say, um, because why wouldn't we? If we exclude, uh, if we don't want Mike to have access to our site, Antonio, um, yes. if we don't allow him in the Microsoft 365 group and he's nodding yes. his head because this is the way this always works, yep. then um, it doesn't matter if someone else with full control access would give Mike SharePoint site level permissions. He still right. couldn't access it because he's not a member of the M365 group. Exactly. Exactly. It's a quick PowerShell command to lock Mike out of the site. Right. 
We all like that. <laughs> and then the last feature we have here, site lifecycle management. So don't have a lot of information on this one yet, but you know, this is really just about automating tasks across the lifecycle of a site. Um, Sarah or Mike, do you guys know much about this one? No. I do not no, know. I think this um, is one to come. Yeah, I am excited to learn more about this because I think one of the challenges um, that I can say uh, being a content person who believes in content management lifecycle uh, and that content should not be created once and live forever in infamy. Um, I think the same thing about sites. And I think that for many organizations, if you don't have a site lifecycle process or governance, um, then you are potentially keeping your data and your information on your sites for far too long, and it might open you up to legal and other risks. So I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see where this goes. Yep. And it, sh it shows there and the purpose that you can automate tasks across the life cycle. So I'm wondering what are those tasks are, and I'll be very curious to know when they announce more info about it. I think there's more to come on this one. And the other the other reason why this is exciting is that these features are just a start for yes. Sam. We mm -hmm. have heard that there are more features coming to this, this license. Um, I, I believe this license might have a P1 and a P2 as well. So we're really just talking about the P1 right now. Um, but still, the fact that there's more features coming, that this is going to become a collection of advanced management features, I, I find really exciting. Like These are really useful and it's just going to get better. Yes, love it. All right, well, thanks everyone for joining us today. I think we did a pretty good job of going through um, the uh, SAM features, the SharePoint Advanced Management features. Um, Sarah, Mike, anything else you guys wanted to add on this one? Uh, no, I'm excited for this. I do think it's a topic we'll be talking about a lot more. A lot I more. still think it's relatively new, so I think organizations need to be able to understand it in more detail to yep. be able to um, uh, figure out how and when to apply it in their tenants. Yeah, and despite the licensing, I do think there's a lot of value here already. And I think Microsoft's plan to add more to this is just going to mean the investment is going to continue to bring benefits to organizations from a, a governance exactly. and a security perspective. All right, well, thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on another episode soon. Okay, Bye. thank you.